this weekend and a special sneak preview. See the movie that's got more dog action. More dog adventure. And more dog food. Oh, I just love these big dumb animals. You are listening to Old Millennials Remember Movies. Welcome back. I'm your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Tyler. How's it going? Tyler Wilson. Hey. You always say, how's it going? Are you asking me? Or are you asking the people who are listening? I'm asking the people. You're asking the people. The people. I know how you're doing. You're doing great because you're sitting with me. I am doing pretty great. I mean, I'm pretty tired. Oh, I'm always saying that. That's such a lame thing to say. Every episode. Every episode. So today we're going to be talking about a sweet movie that I unfortunately picked out and really regretting it. <laughs> really? And kind of. I mean, we'll talk about it, but before we get into Beethoven, we are going to talk about what we've been watching. And I'll start. Great. I've been watching nothing. What I did watch mm-hmm. recently was a little movie called In the Army Now. Which we recorded a podcast on, on the last episode. And we ran a fun contest on our Facebook. It was on my Facebook, my personal page. Mm, maybe next time put it on the... Well, you have more people to follow that than the podcast. I do. At this point, I have more people hey. who, who I'm friends with on Facebook. We'll than put it on everything next yes. time. Yes. So I posted a pretty sweet picture of a couple characters in Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Who were they, Tyler? Well, they were known actors, Patricia Heaton and David Duchovny. Yes. Which is uh, something that I forgot they were in this movie. Uh, and yeah, the image you... Listen, I thought when you posted I was like... Now, the situation of the picture probably gave it away. Because Maybe. I think you will remember that part. But Maybe. the two of them together, like that would have blown my mind. Because I did not remember these two actors yeah. in Beethoven. So I posted the picture and said, First person to figure out the name of this movie is going to get a shout out. And within seconds... We had a response. Oh yeah, that's uh, our our pal Dan Reyes. Dan Reyes, he's a movie guy, so I'm not Woo! I'm not surprised. I know that he is a movie guy, so I was uh, impressed. He yeah he. So uh, Dan, thanks for listening, and uh, way to go. Stay. Yeah. Uh, I expect you to perform as well on any future uh, name this movie contest. Also, share our podcast. Aren't you like popular? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> probably more popular than we are, right? If you are a podcaster and you have more people listening to your podcast than us, tell your people to listen to ours. Yeah, we're cool. And then you can come on our show. That's for you, Dan, and anyone else out there. Sure. <laughs> um. So really, I have sadly not really been watching anything. No TV. I I've been trying to watch some Riverdale. Yeah. Well. Yeah, you said that last time. I did say that. We, we we we're we're on the we're on the ball. We're recording a couple here close in closer proximity, so that's good. More content for the listener out there. It the is more listener. content. We were hanging out with friends this uh, weekend, and mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about some movies that our kids enjoyed, and it did get me thinking about Disney movies that uh, we uh, should maybe uh, try out. Well, we might. Yes, have some... that soon. There's a, a our, well, well, we, we'll talk about it maybe at the end. But we have a maybe a special episode coming up. So, because um, I think one of the things that we haven't done yet is we watch a kid movie. We what is Beethoven? No, I mean, let me finish before you freaking interrupt me. We watch a kid movie. We let our kids watch it, 
And we, you know, we really uh, go down that path of did they enjoy it as much as we did when we were kids? You did this a little bit, but we didn't do a full podcast on it. But I referenced it in an earlier episode. You had the kids watch Goof Troop. A goofy movie. A goofy movie. Right. And uh, you wanted them to like it as much as you, and it didn't go so well. Well, right. I mean, because they still enjoyed it, but not to the max that you did. Max is a character in the movie. I did that on purpose. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy good. that. Um, so good. I think we should do that in an upcoming episode. Okay. I'm glad we didn't do it with Beethoven. Oh, uh, I did have a friend ask me today, is Beethoven one we could have watched with the kids? We could have, but I mean, they, they might have liked it. I don't know. They liked some of those. Uh, when I was going through the period of writing... Um, there's been previous holiday seasons where I've in print I've written like about bad Christmas movies and I uh, challenged myself for two years in a row to watch Christmas movies I had never seen before for 30 days so 30 new ones and that's mostly just like straight to video or TV ones that were like available and uh, we watched quite a few like talking animal mm-hmm. Christmas movies and the kids watched a lot of those and it was excruciating but they seemed to like it um, mm-hmm. because they're dumb children. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I have that in me again. There's so many, there's so many of these Christmas movies out there that I. Uh... That being said, Netflix is putting out like five of their own this year, and I'll probably watch all those. Speaking of Netflix, didn't you just uh, wrap up a Netflix movie you watched? I did. I watched the Outlaw King, which is kind of their. I think up until Outlaw King, it's probably their biggest release maybe the will smith bright movie that came out last year was kind of like a big budget but this is a big budget like medieval epic it's kind of like a follow-up to braveheart in that it is about uh those character like uh william wallace is referenced in this movie and it kind of continues the storyline of kind of that uh conflict after the events of braveheart they're not related movies at all but uh chris pine is Who I star. love, not quite as much as Chris Hemsworth. He's in it. He's got a Scottish accent the whole time. Uh, a he good, does. a good Scottish What's accent. What's his original accent? He's like American. He's, a, he's just regular, regular voice. Um, he's the Star Trek guy. Yeah. Okay. He I, listen. I don't really listen. I don't really care when actors drop out of accents that much. But I will say that I thought his Scottish accent or was very good. I didn't hear him slip out of it at all. And it was made by the director who made Hell or High Water with him, and um, it's good. It's not, uh, it's you know, it's what you'd expect if you saw the trailer. You'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen that movie, and so it, it does that. But it doesn't. It does it pretty well. It's weird that it's just like a Netflix movie because it definitely has the scope of like a big screen mm. movie. Um, Would I like it? Because I like that uh, category. Um, yeah, it's not like when I say medieval, there's like no dragons in it. Oh, boring. <laughs> this is like historical epic. Uh, uh, set in, like, is there like times. sex and excitement? Well, interestingly, interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, Chris Dong has a... Or Chris Dong. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was saying was... <laughs> I was going to reference that there's a Thunder Gun Express moment in... The movie where he hangs Dong, <laughs> so I said Chris Dong. Oh my God. Yeah, he hangs I Dong. I can't believe you just did that. Chris Pine, Chris Dong, hangs Dong in the movie, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are my favorite part of this? It's not very long. It's like almost, it's a little whoa, bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's not, not very long. I don't know. I, I, okay, what, my, I, don't, I, can, I, can, I don't think I can answer that question because my point was is that it's a brief shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know if it was long or not. I don't know if I got a good view and I didn't go double back. Cause there hold were... on, hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. 
You know how, like, Ben Affleck hung dong and Gone Girl? But it was, like, so fast. Did I? Do I? It's so fast. Like, we hold on, have... hold on, hold on. What's Gone Girl? What movie was that? Is this the one where the wife, he got married to the crazy wife who went missing, but then, spoiler alert, she didn't go missing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good movie. I like it. David Fincher. Oh, um, with the uh, MPH. He's in it, yep. Okay. And, um... So I don't like I don't I like people say that Ben Affleck hung dong in that movie, and when I oh by the way if this is just for the lingo hanging dong means exposing the penis on a film flaccid penis right oh yeah you can't show a, a an erect penis in a movie without getting like a hard NC seventeen a hard <laughs> yeah NC seventeen yeah hard NC seventeen that's what this this uh, episode is going to require well it's nothing new <laughs> um. No, but I never even, like, people say they you saw know, like, that. You know, like, my mom listens to this podcast, right? Well, I, you know what? If she wants to go watch <laughs> this movie for Chris Pine's dong, she oh can. Oh, God. Um, no, but in Gone Girl, people said they saw it. I've seen that movie a couple times, and I don't have a memory of, like, specifically seeing Ben Affleck's penis. So now, uh, what I'll say is, is that in Outlaw King, like, I think the shot is longer. Like, you can see, I definitely saw some dong. <laughs> He's having a love scene with Florence uh, Pugh, who's a good actress, is in that movie that escapes me. But you see it briefly. Um, Chris Dong. Chris, Chris Dong. <laughs> but my favorite part was what I was going to say before you derailed me, is that like on Netflix it tells you, like, oh, this movie has graphic battle violence and sexuality. And it says all those things, and then at the end it says, and brief nudity. Ooh. Which... When usually when like the MPAA says brief nudity, they usually just mean like ass, like a quick ass oh, shot or whatever. Little butt this cheek. is this is a penis. <laughs> like it's not brief unit. I mean, it is on the screen briefly, but there's some uh, female nudity in that same scene. I don't know if brief is the right word because it's you know maybe it's a duration. I don't want. I, I'm not a. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I understand that there's a lot of nudity on that show. So maybe this is not that unusual anymore. Oh, sign me up. Yeah, a lot of hanging dong in Game of Thrones. Oh, and dragons, incidentally. So that's more up your alley. That is more up my alley. I did try to read those books. They're Ooh, dense, buddy. They're dense. Could not get past two pages. There's just a lot of a lot going on in those things. No, it's like every word is a new word. You have to like have a, a, a foreign language dictionary. All those words translate just loosely to dong. Not as funny as your Chris Dong slip. Sorry, that's not trying to be funny. That's um, just true. So should I watch that movie? I think it's pretty good. It's not like it's not great, um, but it's for like the scale of movie it is and what Netflix originals are. I don't think it's like the best Netflix original. There's some smaller movies that are better, but in terms of like them putting out like legitimate big movies, I thought this was a step in the right direction. It was well made. I like that director. Uh, Chris, like I said, Chris Pine's good in it. Um, yeah, no, I it's a it's a solid like B movie. It's it's pretty good. It's not um Okay. I'm not like a big uh Braveheart's like not my big thing. You know, it's fine, but I don't it's not like my favorite movie or anything. So Is Braveheart on our list? It's I mean it's right in that time period. I'll probably get to it at some point. Alright. What um, else have you been watching? I watched another movie on Amazon Prime named Destination Wedding. Which sounds terrible, but then you hear who's in it, and you're like, oh, I want to watch that. It's Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. I like those two. They've been in yeah, the love movies those two. together before. Um, and it's like this anti-romantic comedy, kind of. It's like, I would describe it as like, uh, it's like the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset series, only like starring assholes. Like they're playing like people who are miserable and they hate everybody around them. The unique thing about it is is that they go and attend this wedding in San Luis Obispo. Oh, shout out to my friend 
Oh, I shouldn't say where she lives. Uh, Tracy, oh, you better no. be listening to this podcast. Wow, you just blew her identity and location. And now you're famous in San Luis Obispo. Anyway, that's all I thought about, because I was like, hey, I've been there. Um, But then they go into the mountains or whatever. I don't know if it's really accurate or where they actually filmed it. But uh, so that they go to a wedding, but in the movie, it's 90 minutes, and there's no no one else has speaking parts. Like, there's characters off in the distance. These two characters are always off on the side talking to each other. They're not actually How involved. is that a destination wedding? And they must be, what, are they from, like, That's not Oakland? A I don't know what's going on. wedding. Yeah, I agree. Or is the title Destination Wedding? There's no colon or dash, so uh, I think it's supposed to be a full phrase. Yeah. But, um. Stupid. So they're already off to a bad start. I, I it's not gotten, like, great reviews, but I've seen, I've heard or seen enough people say they liked it, and they, I like those actors enough to be watching it, but it, I really didn't like it. It was, uh,. Written in such a way that was they they the screenwriter really thought they were writing a real gem. It just is full of just like snappy that what they, what they the film thinks is snappy dialogue that I found really trite and mm-hmm. uh, not believable. How is Keanu though? I like Keanu Reeves um, quite a bit. Like he's one of these guys that you know a punchline for so many years. But when you when you look back on him and you look back of his filmography, you're just like, God, this guy. Has made like great movies, especially the action genre. And when you hear about what a nice guy he supposedly is, I yeah, listen, he's a nice guy. Uh, I think he's good in in the right roles. I think he play he that blankness he uses to a positive effect. Sometimes he gets criticized for being blank. This is a very strange role from. It's very talky. It's like you've never heard Keanu Reeves talk as much as you have in this oh. movie. And it's not. I don't. I wouldn't say it's his fault or Winona Roy writer's fault. It's the script. The script is bad. I think it would be fine if they were. It was written a little better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's only, like, 85 minutes, and I was just, like, struggling to finish it. Hmm. So I wasn't a fan. I would not recommend it. Okay. And then the other, the bigger movie I saw, although it didn't make much money, was Overlord. This was the J.J. Abrams-produced uh, movie where it's World War II, they're parachute, you know, parajumpers, land in the land in Nazi territory. They discover, like, they got to take out a radio tower, but they discover some scary experiments going on oh, under oh the, yeah i remember the trailer it's the this. nazi movie with zombies essentially yeah. and uh it's pretty good it's it's a fun little romp it does the world war ii stuff pretty well for like a half hour and then it kind of gets into the ghouls and all that business I see that why why'd you go to that movie without me <sighs> you know children kids i would see that movie you'd enjoy it it's a good it's a it wasn't like spectacular but it's a solid genre movie i had a good time with it Totally a great rental. At one point, it was rumored to be, like, part of the Cloverfield uh, universe, like, in that it would be, like, somehow tied, like, 10 Cloverfield Lane was. But then that Netflix movie, like, Cloverfield Paradox dropped, and it was, we saw that, garbage and wasn't well-received. That was about the time that they were like, no, no, Overlord has nothing to do with Cloverfield. (laughs) And it never was. But I, I think that it's one of those movies where they could have easily, like shoehorned in something in the last 10 minutes to be like oh yeah and by the way it created this uh, blah 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 and that oh, would have been the connection stupid. and that would have been fine it, honestly if it had done that it wouldn't have hurt the movie because it, it's pretty standalone and uh yeah it's a it's a pretty solid movie nobody really hugely notable in it from familiar faces but um yeah it's fun it's a uh, kind of a fun little i'm i'm so over the um i don't like 
Like, I haven't enjoyed, like, a zombie movie in a long time. I'm just tired. So I've been so tired of the genre. I haven't seen a zombie movie in a long time. I've, you know, I've seen a few that you've skipped out on. I don't like The Walking Dead, and I, it's just, like, a tired genre. Honestly, it's been a tired genre for me since, like, Shaun of the Dead, which is, like, 14 years ago yeah, now. Yeah, when you watched that, you were like, and I never need to see another I, zombie movie again. To me, that's just, like, yeah, the classics have been made, and then Shaun of the Dead, like, did the great spoof of it. And I hear there's a, a musical Christmas movie called Anna and the Apocalypse coming out. And I've heard that that's kind of good, and I am interested in seeing that because that sounds different enough for me to get on board. But mm-hmm. this is not, like, straight zombies. It's, like, more, like, ghastly experiments gone wrong, reanimation. I wouldn't cl- necessarily uh, classify it as, like, a straight zombie movie. There's no biting, really. Hey, question for you. Yeah. Um, My birthday's in a couple days. Yeah. Does Beethoven... Does that mean the birthday movie for me was Beethoven? Well, interesting that you say that because... The idea behind this episode was we were, like, thinking about, like, there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies, and we thought, like, okay, well, we should do a Thanksgiving movie, but we don't want to necessarily do, like, planes, trains, and automobiles, like, so soon in our run, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll save it for next year, because it's, like, the notable one. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we came across a couple of lists that, like, that said Beethoven was a Thanksgiving movie, and I think... You pointed out because of the poster, because there's a picture of the dog in front of a turkey. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, there's like, it's five seconds of a larger montage, and that's Thanksgiving. It goes Halloween for five seconds, and then Thanksgiving for five seconds, and that's it. But what we didn't think was, maybe we should just pick a movie for my birthday. We should have, but oh well. Next year. Next? No, I feel like now we gotta watch a movie tomorrow and then podcast on my birthday. Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) And and then I can watch all those movies you just talked about that sound interesting. Which ones? Maybe we can go to the the one you were just talking about. Well, we've got a birthday. Well, we got a couple. Well, this is a good weekend coming out. Some other movies coming out that we what talked else is about. We're going to think about going to see Widows. Remember, I told you about that one. It's oh to be really yeah, good. that sounds good yeah. based on what you said. And the Grinch. Now the Grinch is no. out, and we didn't see the Grinch. Now no, nope. didn't see that. I couldn't. I you know I flirted with bringing our uh, our. We do like date nights with our kids sometimes. And I was like, oh, I could take our. Seven-year-old or five-year-old to the Grinch, and I could write about it because I got to write about something and blah blah blah. Because you're like this uh, published movie critic, blah blah blah. <sighs> right, quarterly impressed. No, uh, <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. Should we delete that part? You told me that we couldn't put put the pot. Mm. What? So you decided not to take the kids. I just decided that I didn't want to see the Grinch, so I was like, no, I'm good. They keep asking about Wreck-It Ralph, and I'm like, well, if I take him to one thing sometime soon, I'd rather take him to that, so um, yeah, no. Pass. We don't even Grinch. have the first Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, we do. We got it at a, a used, they watched it in the car on our last vacation, because I picked it up at a used DVD oh, CD store. Because right. yeah. for a while there, we had watched it on Netflix or something, nope. and they had the book. Nope. And they were excited, but then we didn't have the movie. No, nope. We had a book, but they had never seen it before. <laughs> oh. It was never on Netflix anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what are we doing for Thanksgiving? We're talking about that now? Yeah. Okay. Why? We'll talk about it in the next episode. Plus, you might change your mind about, like, throwing a birthday movie in. We'll save it at the end. We'll talk about it. You just don't want to talk about Beethoven. Oh, I'll do anything. Can can, can you tell I'm just fucking stalling? Do you have any high stats on the film Oh, we're going to start talking about it? Yeah, let's just get it over with. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess, yeah, we were trying to decide what movie to watch for that was Thanksgiving-themed. Right. I don't know. Okay. I don't know why I wanted to watch. No, I know why. You bought Beethoven. Years ago. But then, for some reason, you pulled it out, and it was on the it was on our island. After you told me to pick out the movie, it was yes. Why it was Beethoven on my mind? I don't know. 
Is it just because I saw it on some list? Yeah. But I feel like it was sitting there in my mind before, like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this. Okay. What's wrong with me? It's a lot of things, apparently. Fucking crap. You want to do high stats or do you want to do what we remember first? We're going to do what we remember first. Okay. What do you remember? So, what do you remember is when we old millennials sit down for 30 seconds and we write out what we remember about the movie. Correct. Correct. So, Tyler Wilson... Well, um, what do you remember? I saw this movie obviously back when I was a kid. Uh, I don't have a specific memory of seeing the theater, but I do have a specific memory of putting the like seeing the sequel, mm-hmm. Beethoven Second, in the theater. So mm-hmm. what I wrote was Beethoven is about a giant Saint Bernard who moves moves in with a family led by Charles Grodin and Bonnie Hunt. Was he a puppy? And Grodin didn't realize this particular breed of dog gets big and disgusting because Charles Grodin is fucking exasperated. <laughs> P.S. I remember seeing the sequel in theaters, plus I watched the Christmas straight-to-video one because I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to holiday, holiday viewing. So that, I have seen another Beethoven. Oh, there was one of these dog movies as a Beethoven's Christmas adventure featuring nobody from... Only the cast of this movie comes back for the theatrical release of Beethoven's second, and then they're out. And there's no more Charles Grodin, no more Bonnie Hunt. And somewhere around that, that little straight-to-video one, the dog starts talking. It's like a talking dog movie. From that point, I think Tom Arnold voiced uh, voiced uh, this Beethoven in the Christmas one I saw. So yeah, wait, the, what? The series dropped off. The movie the series had several straight to video releases. Uh-huh. In those, they at some point switched over to the dog speaking and the other <gasps> animals talking. What? Yeah, and then Tom Arnold. Gross. Tom Arnold was the voice of Beethoven in one of these. Tom Arnold. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Well, a relic from the 90s, Tom Arnold, and a relic from the 90s Beethoven movie series came together and they made a Christmas movie in the 2000s. Gross. Here's what I remember. Okay. Uh, there's a family with a stressed out dad. He's fucking exasperated is what he is. And then they adopt this dog that grows? I, I also did not have the memory if it was a puppy or not. Both unclear. Into a giant St. Bernard. It slobbers over everything. And it was supposed to be funny, but it was just gross. I had some big memory of there being some sort of psycho dog killer or something and that the dogs saved the day. Um, and then this movie made me not want to ever have a dog that slobbers or sheds a lot. And I never did. Yeah. No. And it, Except the, for that one brief period with Penny. The movie that you described, and we can talk about it after high stats, is basically this movie for the first 10 minutes. You feel like once the first 10 minutes goes by, you're like, okay, no, I got it. This movie's done, right? Yeah, I literally (laughs) wanted to turn it off. I was like, okay, I saw the movie. Yeah, and really, after those 10 minutes, I would argue that not enough new things happen to really justify the following 80 minutes. But we will get there. What are the high stats on Beethoven? Because if it garnered a theatrical sequel, I'm guessing it was successful. So the high stats... High stats for Beethoven. It came out April 1992. Mm-hmm. Clocks in it a sweet, sweet 90s time. 87 minutes. An hour and 27. Is that 87 minutes? It is. I'm nodding my head. Yes. Oh, Tyler, you did ma- I did math. You did it. I did the math. It's rated PG. Of course. What did we just watch that was rated PG? <laughs> in the Army Now. In the Army Now. Which is weird. <laughs> that is very weird. And I know, looking back, I would say that Beethoven has some more nefarious scenes than yeah. In the Army Now. Yeah, I mean, there's some suggestive things in In the Army Now, um, some suggestive humor, but 
things that you could get away with, like going over the heads of a of a kid. Yes. Whereas Beethoven, they've got there's a Cruella Deville type character who's trying to murder dogs here. So who's trying to shoot a dog in the head? Yeah, no, that's it goes real, a little bit further. That's real specific. Yeah, with an exploding bullet. <laughs> with a giant exploding bullet. That was the whole. It's like we need to test out these exploding bullets on a giant dog. Let's take this dog and blow its head off. That's the plot of the movie. Ridiculous. It is a little crazy. What was the Um I'm not office? seeing what the budget was. Okay. So it's tough with these older movies. I don't think they they shared. Sure. Um but opening weekend it made seven and a half million. Okay. Gross fifty seven million. Ooh, had the legs. Cumulative worldwide gross almost a hundred and fifty million. That's it was uh did well overseas as well then. Did well overseas. And it had legs in the in in the, the States. Had legs. I like that people, term. People uh went to see it. They word of mouth spread around, so to speak. Um yeah, it opens up it's such a weird I, I, so right when we started playing this movie, it it, it comes back to you. I, clearly I watched it a lot or I've seen it enough to, to know what was coming from, not, maybe not from like what was going to happen 10 minutes from now, but like as you're watching the scene, it's like, oh, I know exactly how this scene's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it starts strange. It's like in a dark and stormy, like abandoned warehouse. And here rolls in Oliver Platt and Stanley Tucci. Uh, you know, these guys would go on to, you know, lucrative uh, careers in Hollywood and dozens of movies. And here they are in this movie looking young. Oliver Platt, slimmer. Slimmer. He's got like a Lloyd haircut with some straight across <laughs> the forehead bangs. Yeah, and uh, and then the Tooch is uh, doing a some kind of accent. I don't know what he's. doing. I don't know what it is. He's re- going big. The Tooch is really going for I feel it. Like here. it's a mix of racist things. You know how he was like playing big on purpose for like the Hunger Games series because he was like the announcer TV personality. I feel like the his performance in Beethoven is a bigger performance. Like it's bigger. He's going for more. He's definitely going for something. Yeah, it's something all right. And start of his career, you know, obviously he was trying to make an impression and he certainly does. But yeah. then like we meet this uh the villain who's a uh, I escaped the name. The guy's been in lots of stuff, but uh he looks like uh, he's he's an Indiana Jones villain. He's got the he just comes out of the dark. He's got that scary grov- grovelly voice, and right away you know he's he means business. Dean Jones. Dean Jones. Yeah. And what's funny about Dean Jones uh-huh. is he uh, usually he played in a different series, mm-hmm. movie, TV series. Wow, I'm really falling down here because I'm not looking at the information. Uh-huh. Shame on me. Um, uh, like a like a good nice character who would turn into a dog. He was a shaggy dog? Yeah. I gotta show you the picture. From, like, the Disney Shaggy Dog movies? No, he wasn't Shaggy the dog. It was a different No, no, no. Was it from the movie The Shaggy Dog? No. What was it from? He, like, played this detective, and he would turn into, like, this little dog, but he was just a grown man with ears and fluff. I'll show you the picture. Oh, okay. You didn't see this trivia? Uh, No, and I didn't. uh, No, I'm not familiar with the movie, unless that's the movie The Shaggy Dog. It's not The Shaggy Dog. Not the one that Tim Allen remade in the 2000s? No. Okay. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, okay, so fine. He was a nice guy. He And then didn't he voice, like, Beethoven in the cartoon series later on or something, too? Yes. Okay. No, he voiced the dad. The dad, okay. But he's got a scary, like, uh, villain voice in this movie. Um, but it's, I mean, let's be honest. Other than, like, the, the plot in which he's been hired to test some exploding bullets and murder a dog by blowing its brains out... The, this the the two sidekick villains and him it's they're complaint there's the hundred one Dalmatians plot it's just Cruella Deville and two henchmen trying to steal puppies and steal dogs and that's what this is um and that's fine it's just you know we've done it 
Yeah, when... Yes. Well, the cartoon 101 Dalmatians is from the 50s. That's what I thought. Okay. Right. Um, What about some of the music? Well, the music is instantly recognizable if you're a kid of the 90s because it is just one of those uh, classic uh, overwrought uh, instrumentals. Wasn't there something interesting, though, about the the main theme song? I feel like it's a leading question of some kind. Paul Schaefer? Oh, right. This is the song. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a song. Called Rollover Beethoven. Right. And which was written by some... That's an older song, and then Paul Schaefer performed on it. Is that what you're talking... Oh, you got to play it for me? I am, after a fucking 20-second ad. Stupid YouTube. Oh, I... Are you giving them free advertising? Yeah. Like, they need the free advertising. Like, they need the YouTube. free advertising. Listen, YouTube. We should put our podcast on YouTube. Is it on YouTube? Let's see if I can... Oh, now I've screwed, I've screwed the whole thing I feel like up. we've over... There's a song. Yeah. So that's the sweet song that plays during that five-minute montage where you get every... Everything you need to know about Beethoven. Everything you remember about the movie Beethoven. Well, so let's, we need to talk about, like, because we had the big question of, like, how did Charles Grodin, who obviously didn't want this dog, end up with a dog? Because it's a puppy. Okay, real talk. Yeah. That was a fabulous scene, and my heart did melt. Okay, so he's in, <laughs> it, like, whatever, we see the villain... Beethoven is at a pet shop, and like there's people coming up to it. There's a biker lady who's played secretly by Patricia Heaton coming in to try to buy the uh, dog. Right? Mm-hmm. She's uh, it's some other actress's name, but I'm pretty sure that Patricia Heaton was playing two characters in this movie, and that lady was also Patricia Heaton in some heavy makeup and whatnot prosthetics. Anyway, the dog Nappers, Tucci, and Oliver Platt try to rob the puppies. Beethoven puppy and Wishbone, that dog that looks like Wishbone. Or the Fraser dog. Or the Fraser dog, but I'm going to always call him Wishbone. They escape off the truck. Wishbone takes off, and Beethoven the next morning sees Charles Grodin out in the yard, and he sneaks into their house, essentially. But... It's the cutest thing in the world. It's cute. The dog is cute. Ba- baby Beethoven is very oh, cute. Oh my god, he's so cute. The entire time this whole scene was going on, this is what I wrote it down. Angelo was like, oh, what's he gonna do? Oh, is he gonna go through the door? Uh, oh, oh, you gonna go hide under the bed? Go hide under the bed, Beethoven. Um, it was so cute. Yeah. First of all, he just sneaks into the house as the grumpy old dad's getting his newspaper. And first, I'm so... We have di- to talk about that. I'm so distracted by His outfit. Dad. Um, his... His slacks, yeah. his pants that he's wearing, they have a belt like normal pants, but they go all the way up to, uh, I'm going to say, three inches above his belly button. It's near his nipples, damn near. It's damn near his <laughs> chest. And he's got, and the shirt is a, pl- a plaid shirt stuffed and it looks overstuffed. Because it's tucked in because it's... It's half the shirts. He looks in. twice the weight that he actually is. Like, to make him, f- I. It was, but he doesn't look like that in other scenes. That's very no, strange. And then it's so got that bizarre. Charles Grodin '90s haircut. He just looks like he looks like a cartoon character, like the Charles Grodin version of a, a cartoon character. Uh, yeah, it's really weird, and that's all. That's all I could think about. But then you started like narrating in cute puppy voice, so then I was over that. But the kids find the dog. 
and they're like, "Oh, he's gonna be cute," and then it. But and Charles Grodin resists, and but he he's aware that it's a Saint Bernard and it will get big. So it's not like he's unaware of the future he has ahead of him. But uh, but yeah, no. But see, I don't know. They oh, they put up some uh, some signs, I guess. They're like, oh, we'll keep him for the night, and we'll put some signs up. But see, he's from the pet shop, so no one's gonna find him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, then we're introduced to Bonnie Hunt. She's the the wife. Um, What's the? We have this data, don't we? We have Charles Grodin is age what fifty six six at this time, and of she's filming. like thirty. He's twenty six years older than her, and that's fine, right? But then you start thinking about it. You start thinking about their relationship because they got three kids. Uh, one is the oldest. We're guessing is maybe what twelve, thirteen, yeah. maybe Tw- even at twelve, uh-huh. which is I think underestimating. Right. That puts her at like 18, so 18 when she had that kid. And he would be in his 40s. What 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 scenario is this? Like well, how did they meet? <laughs> Where did the 18-year-old meet the 40 some 46-year-old, okay. 45, whatever. We can acknowledge that the movie doesn't explicitly say that he's 56. This is the actor. So yes. he could be playing younger, she could be playing older. And that's fine. But if you just Still, look at the optics Why is of there it, a 45-year-old with a teenager? Is he, is he a teacher? Because he has this something business. Is up. He doesn't. He has like an air freshener business. Like that sounds made up. Like something you have to do after you lose your first career. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you lost that first career at the down at the high school. Yes. Just saying. Just saying. By the way, Bonnie Hunt. Oh, I love Bonnie Hunt. Hunt. She's got her most the most Bonnie Hunt haircut you've ever seen in your life in this movie. That when you picture Bonnie Hunt, you're picturing picturing her from this movie with her hair with the bangs. I'm not saying she doesn't look good. She's cute. She looks like Bonnie Hunt. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it's the it's the, it's the Bonnie it's Hunt. the Bonnie Hunt haircut. It, she looks like Bonnie Hunt. Everything she wears in the movie is just so Bonnie Hunt. And uh, yeah, she's not uh, not used to great effect until I would argue the end. Um, mm-hmm. And then she has like actually a couple of like legitimately funny things to do. But no, it's not a not a it's a thankless role for for Bonnie Hunt. Probably because she was swiped into some kind of uh, potentially illegal uh, relationship with her high school. You think he's like a band teacher, or more like a, he's not wasn't a gym teacher. Ugh, it was like a like a chemistry teacher. I don't know. Maybe because he isn't that. Because he has a scent thing. thing. Maybe he was the chemistry teacher. Anyway, uh, it's strange, and that's uh, that's all I have to say about that. But then we get the so then the dog gets big, and then we get the the Beethoven song. Mm-hmm. Good is a good golly Miss Beethoven. What's the song called? Good golly Miss Molly. Roll over, roll over Beethoven. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The same kind of music. Uh, and then the montage, and it's five minutes long. They're dumping the dog food out. He's, you got to talk about. It. So, this is when you turned on this movie, and I would imagine this is when you turned on the movie as a child, because in your description earlier, you were talking about the slobber and the grossness. Yes, and, and that's all this montage is really. It's yes, just like why I, you should never own a dog. I took a few notes of what was happening during Good. the uh, the Let, montage. Let's hear it. Um, Okay, so yep, I call, yep, it's Rollover Beethoven, the song for the montage of Terribles. So the dog does the following shitty things. Okay. Pees on a briefcase. Ugh. On the floor. Gross. Um, why did I put, I put pretty nice dog run? Oh, oh, so then, uh, dad is putting the dog out into a dog run. It's a really nice dog run. Nice dog run, nice dog house. And a nice dog house. And I say this because, um, I don't know, about five years ago, Tyler and I had a dog. And, uh, it was shitting all over the yard. 
mm-hmm. and we didn't like that. Because we had, we had kids at this point. Yeah, we had little kids that, you know... They played in the backyard, and we were yeah. like, okay, well, maybe we should put the dog somewhere. And yeah, then... so we're like, hey, let's build a dog run. To be clear, the dog lived in the house. It wasn't like we were banishing him outside. Just True. a place for him to go to the bathroom and do his business. Um, also, to be clear, Tyler and I are not do-it-yourselfers. No. <laughs> so we haul our ass... No, I do some research. I figure out the right the right type that we're going to do for the right price. We go to Home Depot. We get the steaks. We get the sledgehammer. We get some uh, chicken wire-ish, not mean sort of fencing material. We buy all of it. And then we get to putting these goddamn posts. And our backyard is made of gravel. Rocks. Solid gravel. That's not like soft gravel. You could wiggle something in. Solid like cement. No, it's where they were, when they were clearing out the whole rest of the neighborhood, they put all the rocks in our plot. Well, in addition to that, it's just the area has like gravel, rocky. I don't know. It's hard. It's just like the way the, 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 Every time you yes. dug in with the, the anything, you just hit a giant rock. And you'd be like, okay, I guess we can't put the post so, there. I want to see in this montage, when did they put that in? And who paid for it? And who did it? Because I don't see that dad going out there and building that. Well, they live in a giant house. He's got money. He's like... He's, they do. Whatever he's done with the air fresher business before this is apparently done well. Because Bonnie Hunt, the, the subplot for her is that she's not... She's at home. She's with, home with the kids and some of her plot is whether she wants to go back to work. Actually, she doesn't ever want to go back to work, but Charles Grodin's being a little bit of a dick about it. Yeah, he is. Um, but, yeah, they've got money, is the point. Yeah. Like, So, I would guess they paid someone to but probably do it. you can't accuse the dad of not liking the dog when he's putting that sort of money up No, for the dog. yeah, it's... The montage comes at a strange moment in the movie because we're getting... We know nothing about anybody. No, nope. Really. We know that Charles Grodin is a fucking on... Exasperated, he's just on-edged kind of guy. He's stressed All the out. time. The kids mm-hmm. are just kids. We don't really know anything about the kids. Mm-hmm. Bonnie Hunt has had, like, what, one line of dialogue at this point mm-hmm. we know nothing about these we know more about tooch than we know about this yep. family and then we get into this montage and we're supposed to kind of believe that like the dog is but the montage also shows the dog drinking water out of a goldfish bowl which on is the... on the middle of the dining table weird weird why would you put a goldfish on your dining table then we have that five seconds of the thanksgiving meal yeah well, he... well, trick or treat before that but yeah oh little trigger oh 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 yeah i missed a roll here um scratching the door dogs getting bigger the shedding oh mm. so much shedding halloween and a giant bag of dog food right the bags of dog food continue get to get bigger thanksgiving he eats the turkey chews up some shoes and slobber oh my god the slobber there's this one scene in the montage where the dad literally pours it out of his shoe oh it's disgusting uh, and there's like uh, a I it doesn't want... whatever oh, it god. is it's not water they didn't they the, the filmmakers went to the extra distance and making it like a little bit thicker like it's they like they use a little lube. KY. Yeah, yeah, they use lube <laughs> and they flicked it on like a, a picture frame yes. of the family. Which I mean, if, just that that thought alone that they like were squirting lube all over this family picture is weird to me. Yep. Whatever. Um, but yeah, and then it's like over the banister when he's walking upstairs oh, yeah. one time. Oh, There's it's, it's uh, they're going. They okay. Here's another stupid stupid part of the montage. Okay. There's a scene where they're walking the dog in the rain. Right. Okay. Okay. Here's an idea. Don't take your dog out on a fucking walk when it's raining. Yeah, the climate seems fine. Other than that opening scene in the rain, that's like the only scene in the rain. Because then in the rain, the dog gets super muddy. Yeah. Um, And with muddy feet all over, gets all over his suit, all over this, knocks stuff down, footprints all over the wall, all over the floor. And then that's where you get the final scene in the montage of the big, muddy, slobbery dog on their, like, master bedroom bed, Mm -hmm. shaking all of it off. 
and all it gets over. all overgrown, and he mm-hmm. like does his like exasperated like scream mm-hmm. right now. Okay, so I was gonna say like okay, well it's a big dog, and you do have to get the energy out of those things. So maybe just out of necessity, you have to take that dog on a walk. Maybe, but then again, I'm thinking back. I we didn't have a Saint Bernard. We had a lab that was like 100 pounds, pushed mm-hmm. 100 pounds for a lot of the time. And, you know, some days we just were like, it's, it's raining. We're not going on a walk. <laughs> it's yeah, raining. It's fine. Like, calm down. Or, you know, leave the dog in the garage. Yeah. Just, like, whatever. Although, okay, again, to be fair, the dog, our dog would just go up the backyard. It's like a hand of a hill and she'd get wet all over the place. I mean, she'd get pretty wet sometimes. And she'd come yeah. But we'd put a towel down and we'd get her before she'd get in past the door. You know, we dry her off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, there's some things, there's ways to handle a big dog. St. Bernard, again, is bigger than that. But still, we're talking, like, large dog breed size. You know, you can handle it a little better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, what are, what are you doing? You're not doing a very good job if you're letting him into the, the... The the movie is positing that Beethoven is very smart. He's a genius. As in, he can understand all English. Written, there- spoken... Probably in sign language. There's a scene where he is watching. He because he gets out of his dog run. He gets a hole, and not so. He, at once at one point, he's watching television, and there's like a little news update where that we learn about the puppy raid going on. And you get a sense that the film is telling us that Beethoven understands what's going on in that newscast. And then he's watching uh, the Lon Chaney Wolfman movie, which I incidentally just watched, and. Um, he seems to understand that because he's, you know, the joke is it's a man turning into a wolf and he likes that kind of film. And then later on, he's understanding everything that's going on from like the people that are trying to take Godin's business. He, this dog is super intelligent. It's helping, helping, uh, the kids with their school problems, with bullies, uh, helping them, he's just doing everything, including like a, but yeah, anyway, there's a lot going on. We have to stop and pause and talk about the, I think, the most disturbing scene in the movie is. But first, I, I think it's fair to say that once this montage was over, we're probably like, yeah, great, we saw Beethoven. Like, I was this like, is it. and done. At some Check. point, this villain is going to have a confrontation, and we're like, whatever. It's blah, fine. blah, blah, I don't care. Dog's blah, a menace, blah, blah. but then Charles Grodin loves him. Right, we're done. We don't need to watch it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so once once you have that in mind, you have another 80 minutes to go. And it just goes oh. real slow. You get it. the problem with doing like a big mon, an energetic montage like that off the top is that you, what are you going to come? You got you to you're coming down, and you have nothing to ramp yourself back up again. The tone, the speed in which the story is being told is just it drops down and drops way under the under the ocean, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So slow. But the disturbing, most disturbing scene in the movie, I think, is he's going into the house. He's supposed to sleep outside at night. Beethoven. He goes in and watches TV. Grodin hears a TV, goes downstairs to check on it. Bonnie Hunt goes to check on a, her kid sleeping or whatever. She leaves the bedroom. Beethoven goes upstairs, gets inside the bed, mm-hmm. lays down. Mm-hmm. Charles Grodin comes back to bed, lays down, doesn't realize that it's Beethoven. He makes a comment about it being like, smells, oh, I got the smell of Beethoven all over me. And then, like, the dog, like, rubs up on him or he rubs up on the dog no i mean he he's turned away from the dog uh-huh. and then he's kind of talking yeah and then uh beethoven kind of smushes up against him a uh-huh. little bit and then beethoven starts licking his neck and ear and so he's like oh it's not even this week. it's not even saturday and oh i'm getting a little naughty Charles Gordon okay. got a hard on for the dog and and you're telling me you can't tell the difference between 
this disgusting dog with a furry face licking you and your wife licking you? And cinematic goddess Bonnie Hunt? Come on. Cinematic Bonnie Hunt? Yeah. What the fuck? It's weird. It's so gross. I think he... Look, you can read into it however you want. The, the, fact, the fact is, the fact that happened in the scene is that the dog's in bed and Charles Grodin got an erection for that dog. He and may then, not have known it right away. He, I would argue, like you just said, that you would he knew a little he bit. He... He knew. He knew that dog was in there. And, and then, he's got a little bit of a thing for the dog. I'm and then saying, Bonnie that's, Hunt that's comes gross, into but... the bedroom and is like, uh, who are you talking to? Oh, who are you talking to? And then he's like, turns, takes the time to turn toward Beethoven and right. then go, ah. It does the big scream. And let's be clear, cinematic goddess Bonnie Hunt, not into it. <clears throat> she's not into this dog business because she's, she's classy. Although her character apparently was sleeping with the, the chemistry teacher at her high school. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was disturbing. Then you get, uh, we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the episode, we have Patricia Heaton and David Duchovny, they are venture capitalists, mm-hmm. and they're trying to, they're going to give money to Grodin's business, and it's a big deal for Charles Grodin. Honestly, I wasn't really paying attention, blah, 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 when all that was happening. It's a big deal to Charles Grodin, I think. It's a real big business. deal. If I don't get this deal, I'll kill myself. Honey, come on, he tells it to the kids and his wife. I don't get this deal. I'll kill myself. Uh, Ooh, that sets up some. Uh, we want. That's not the way the world works. If I don't get this deal, I'll kill myself. Honey, come on. <laughs> if I don't get this deal, I'll kill myself. It's good delivery. <laughs> but you know, you got little kids in the house. Maybe not the best. Uh, speaking of, the kids are all super familiar. You've got uh, oldest daughter. She's from the sitcom The Nanny. Uh, middle kid with the glasses. He's from the sitcom Step by Step. And then the younger girl, she's familiar. She's I remember her kind of being like one of the kids in Kindergarten Cop, like in the class. But she's in some other stuff, too. But all three are uh, recognizable. Children looking like very 90s, uh, all wearing Bonnie Hunt 90s clothes. Um, so 90s. A oh, lot of 90s so 90s. I love on. it. Um, and then, yeah. So then that's that's when they take... Okay, so... The the villain is he's a vet. We learn the villain of the guy the guy who's been running this ring is a veterinarian. Oh, by the way, I found what I was talking about. Oh, what were you? What the 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 guy with the ears, the Dean Jones or whatever. Uh, yes, Dean Jones. It's called the Shaggy DA, and oh. it's a movie from 1976. Okay, look at that picture. Yeah, that's the, a dog in a detective suit. The Shaggy DA. Gotcha. So that. I'm okay. So the Shaggy Dog, uh-huh. the Tim Allen remake of that, he's like a lawyer, and so and that is based uh, at least uh, there's a series of those Shaggy Dogs. Shaggy mm-hmm. D, I think that's all in the same, maybe in the same universe or same series. Mm-hmm. So that's there's my confusion there. So the Shaggy D A may be likely part of that uh, franchise, probably. But anyway, he he's getting money to the puppies are for some other thing. A lot of testing, right? He's doing some testing on the side. And then he gets a deal to, like, he needs to get a big dog so they can practice some, they need to test some exploding bullets. And they think, like, well, we need to see how, like, like, literally they have a conversation about this. Like, we need to see how, like, what kind of mess it makes. <laughs> like, when an exploding gun. And what I would say is, like, I think if you're making, if you're manufacturing exploding bullets, like, I would venture to guess that, like, it's probably fair to just assume it's going to make a, a pretty mess. Like, right? If you're making exploding, like, what what is the purpose of testing this? I don't understand. Why do you need to know, like, how much of a mess? Isn't, wouldn't that the point of an exploding bullet be, like, to make a mess and to, like, do damage, right? I would think. I don't know much about that kind of stuff, but it seems like it's you don't need to dark. test. It's kind of dark for a kid's movie. It couldn't be, like, we gotta test 
I don't know, something else that's not a gun blowing a head up off just, a dog. Just make it like he wants a fur coat. Like, cause we could just, like, he wants to, which is dark in itself. Like or skinning. I'm testing some tranquilizer. Right. Could it be a tranquilizer test? Something. Not a bullet. Not That's a, fucking gruesome. It's weird. It's just a weird thing to do. But the weirdest thing is that he's a working veterinarian, and then the family eventually take, right when he gets this deal to get a big dog, the family takes old Beethoven to the vet. And so I have a lot of questions about this, because uh, the vet immediately is like, oh, I've heard of stories about these St. Bernards going crazy, you know? He, like, starts seeding this idea that he's going to need to get put down because he's a crazy dog, right? With Charles Grodin. Also, that guy who plays that guy? Uh-huh. From The Love Bug. He's the Love Bug guy. He's in all these Disney. That's another Disney thing. Yes, yeah. he always plays like this nice guy. So then in this movie, he's playing the dark, dark, I don't, villainous vet. I don't have enough of that. Those that, those movies in my brain to... I associate this guy with this role. Really? <laughs> I do, because this is just the movie oh. I saw more than those. But... Because he's didn't got watch a gruff the love voice. Bug a lot? I saw the love bug. I just didn't. I saw the. I saw the Herbie fully loaded. Uh, Lindsay Lohan one. Get the fuck out of here! I God, saw you. You know I'm going to take your old millennial card for that comment. Michael Keaton's in that movie, and Michael Keaton's delightful in everything. So what, just watch it. When did that movie come out? 2004. What's it called? Herbie, Herbie fully loaded. This is at the peak of uh, Lindsay Lohan power. 2004. What's your guess? 2004. 2006. 2004. 2005. 2005. Yeah, I was going to write in the middle there. I had it. I'd seen the love bug, but yeah, I saw that. It was like uh, after we Michael started, Keaton. several years after we started dating. Watch Who it. are you? What? Watch everything. You're picking Herbie fully loaded over the love bug? I'm not picking. I didn't say I'd pick it. Who said that? You did. No, I did not. That movie's you were not like, good. I love Herbie fully loaded. No, I didn't say that. I'm pretty certain. Roll the tapes. <laughs> no. Well, okay, but like, I know Lindsay Lohan's bad now, but like at the t- like this was just off of like Mean Girls. She was still riding like we still kind of liked Lindsay Lohan. She's starting to have some problems, but Michael Keaton's in that. Like the idea in itself is not like the worst idea in the world. Yes, it is. If you think, why would you think that like watching the original Love Bug is a good is a fine idea, but then like when they remake it, like they remake everything, you're suddenly against it. Are you seriously asking me that question? I'm just saying, in principle, like, what is your objection to them remaking The Love Bug when they made, when Disney literally remakes everything? They, they've made, remade every single thing. And this is the same face I have with every one of those remakes. Name a remake that I don't make this face with. I'm not saying that you have to like it. I'm just saying, like, what is your special objection to Herbie Fully Loaded? I don't have a special objection. It's the same objection I have to every remake. Okay. So if you were like, okay, okay, let's play this game, Beauty and the Beast. I don't know what we're arguing about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think You're all like, giving Marion shit for liking the new Beauty and the Beast. I'm giving America shit for liking that new Beauty well, and the Beast. Well, I'm giving you shit for liking I don't Herbie, Herbie Fully Loaded, loaded I didn't say that I more than it. the love I bug. never said that. I would never say that. I'm just saying that like, I, don't have, I don't have a strong like memory of seeing the love bug over and over again like I have of Beethoven, and I said I've seen Herbie Fully Loaded, and that's all I said. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's, that's all it is. So he plays this evil vet. Right. Who wants to get money. I Did you already say this about the clearly he's not making enough money as a vet? No, that's my that's my big point, though. Like, this is a good public service announcement. Like, getting into veterinary services is, like, not a great idea because clearly, like, they don't make enough money. So, fun fact, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Yeah. And... To get into the the, the testing aspect, right? To getting, to getting into the dog murdering part of the business. Uh-huh. And uh, I did have a really good professor right up front first semester that was like, listen, you're not gonna make shit as <laughs> 
a veterinarian. Yeah. In fact, you're going to pay. It's harder to get into vet school than med school because mm-hmm. there's fewer of them. There, you're so you're going to you're going to pay the same amount as for med school. It's super fucking expensive. And then when you get out, because you're treating dogs and not people, you aren't going to get paid shit. People are going to like default. You're not going to get paid. So if you were getting into this for the money, get out. And I was like, fuck this, I'm out. And then you went and got a psychology degree. That yes. lucrative psychology degree. That lucrative money making hard science degree. With enough loans to cover a veterinary school. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um. God, you're such a duck. <laughs> you know, for someone who has a sugar mama who's supporting him, you're being kind of. Oh, and you're such a sweet sugar mama. Yes, I am. Um. Jerk. <laughs> but the reason, like, I think what's important, the big takeaway of this movie is that. If you, like, don't trust your vet because they don't make enough money, they might just sell your dog off to, uh, I'm not saying that all vets are, like, going to do that, mm-hmm. but I'm saying they don't get paid very much. So appreciate your vet, is what I'm also, saying. Also, go listen to the Freakonomics podcast about, uh, cremating your animals. Did you just tell some, did you tell those people to stop listening to our podcast that has no, no. listeners to go listen to one of the most popular podcasts No, I'm on the saying planet? if you're listening to this when you're done, go um, ahead and load up and look for the Freakonomics podcast where they talk about cremating your dog and your cat and what really happens out there here's a better idea those people can when they're done with this episode can go listen to one of our previous episodes and you can just tell them what they need to know about cremating their animal right here on this episode boom okay i'll tell you right now great most places that cremate your animals Uh they're not they're not giving you like a single cremation right they're just throwing them all in there and you're getting a whole mix of stuff so that little baggie of Maisie upstairs false that's actually untrue because they told us no, specifically, they made a point of telling us, and I remember this when our family that's, dog that's what I'm died afterwards. You. They say, like, you can get a group one, yes. or you can pay this extra money, which we did for Maisie, to get your, just your solo dog that's, ashes. That's what I'm telling you, is yeah. that they say you can pay extra for the solo. Oh, they're not doing that? They're not doing that. So not, Sons of bitches. No, I'll, no, it's probably good some good ones, but in this in the Freakonomics episode, they tested it, and they sent some already deceased cats with um just stuffed with hamburger meat and so what happens really the the this is gruesome but hey we're talking about dog killing vets the ashes that you get are just the bones it's that's the ash because like the flesh and stuff like that that just burns away so the ashes are really the bones so they sent these cats that had no bones in them to these vets and they paid extra for the single thing and what they should have gotten told was something fucked up happened because we got no ashes for you and they didn't. They all got a full bag of ashes. Well, I mean, to be fair, if, like, something messed up, like, something happened to the ashes you're supposed to do, as a vet, you're not going to be like, yeah, we lost them or something. They would just be like, here's some ashes. Well, you think that at least it would be less? <laughs> I don't know. I like to believe that our dog's ashes are up there. and that's Oh, just, oh some just of our dog's ashes are up there. All and right. we've got some Fido's and some Muffies and whatever. Muffy? <laughs> that's not a dog name, is it? Um, so go ahead and pay the extra for those uh, single cremation because your vet needs that money. All this episode's making me think of is I just miss our dogs that we've had oh, and they're all dead now. <laughs> all our favorite dogs are dead now. I know. Um, to the point where like we're not gonna like get a dog for a while. No, like I don't. They're not. We got one dog after our our favorite, like our really good dog died, 
And look, he was a perfectly good dog. He was fine. But he just didn't measure up to like our great dog. And it was oh. just, it just seemed unfair to him. Yeah. And then he died too. And so now he's always just like second fiddle. It's just, it doesn't seem fair to the dog. The dog should get like, he should, a dog should have a, the, the owner should think that they're the favorite. They, the they're the superstar of the right. time. So we're just, we're not, we're not emotionally equipped. When our kids are growing and out of the house and I need like some, like I need some emotional attachment, that's when I'll like get a dog and I'll think it's the best thing in when the world. When you need some emotional attachment. Yeah. You'll still have me. Yeah, I get a lot of that from you now. <laughs> okay, back to the vet. The vet guy. So the point is, is that he's he's hatching a plan, and the next part of his plan to get Beethoven because apparently he only sees this one dog as part of his test. He's putting all his chips into getting Beethoven's carcass. Well, they made a they made a point of saying like you need a big skull. <laughs> right, like we're talking skull. a big dog. <laughs> Wouldn't it been easier to just like. Get like a a cadaver from a fucking hospital with a real person's head. I, you don't even. I have mean, to, I mean, we're not even. It can't be that hard. You could just get like a like you could just do like the Seinfeld uh, like rubber balloon test of like filling it with blood or something like. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be difficult. Just like get some. You kind could of make skull it. Mechanism. You could make it yourself. Yeah, it doesn't require this kind of. Uh... You could find some dead dogs. And if you're in the heads. gun, if you're in the bullet exploding business, and you want to be like a legitimate sales seller, maybe maybe those are illegal, and maybe that your you can't ever be. So if, but if you were, wouldn't you want to be part of a, like, it, it seems bad to like start asking questions like, oh, we, we need to like test this on big giant animals. It just seems like that's not your best way of like publicity wise for your exploding bullets, right? Mm-hmm. Seems weird. But anyway, the vet, the vet's second part of his plan is to show up at Beethoven, the family of Beethoven's house when Charles Grodin is not there to, and he just knocks on the door randomly. Bonnie Hunt answers. She doesn't fucking know who this is when she answers the door. Mm-mm. She has no idea that this is the vet. He Mm-mm. says it's the vet. Like, he's the vet. Oh, I saw Beethoven, blah, blah, blah. Maybe there's, like, it's insinuated that she knows, but I don't think she does because she's like, oh, hi. I don't know who you are. I'm Bonnie Hunt. I got a Bonnie Hunt haircut. And he's like, can I go see your dog? I'm doing a just a random home check on your dog. I want to go in the backyard by myself, stay in your house, lady. I'm going to go back and just talk to your dog alone. Don't watch me. What kind of plan is this? That's weird. It's weird. It should Bonnie red flag hunt. immediately. Red flags. You should not let that guy into your house. But she's she just shouldn't like, have even oh, answered the door. In. Come on in. It's 92. This is before apparently the world started to suck. But no. No. People did terrible things in yes. 92. It's true. So I don't know why she would allow this. But then again... I, you know, she's she's a lot of talk, Bonnie Hunt, in this movie about being a good parent. I don't know. I'm not sure if she's such a great point. She's always saying, like, oh, she wants, Charles Grodin's like, you should go back to work. So who's going to watch the kids? Some babysitter? And then the first babysitter she picks, she thinks this is a blaming, like, we're supposed to be thinking about the babysitter being bad. This is on her. You pick the babysitter. Because the very first day, this lady is playing her, this babysitting lady, she's playing her piano, not paying attention to the little kid, the smallest kid. The other two... Why, first of all, does the 13-year-old need even a, even need a babysitter? No. I don't need the middle kid who's getting his ass beat by bullies every day at school that you don't seem to give a shit about. He's not mentioned it at mm-hmm. all. He's getting his ass kicked every single day he walks to the bus. Say it, You're not paying attention. But now you're you're giving it to a baby. Like, why? You don't. These two don't need a babysitter. Meanwhile, she's playing piano. The little kid is out in the backyard, open pool, going after a ball. She falls in and nearly fucking drowns. Mm-hmm. Your babysitter choice is somebody with a fucking pool and a pe- First of all, if your babysitter, this is just a public service stance for everybody. If you drop your kids off at a babysitter and they have both a piano and a pool in their house, don't fucking let them watch your kids because they're going to be distracted by one or the other. So either they're, your 
kids are going to have a piano fall on them and crush them, or they're going to drown in the pool. There's only two things that can happen. Can you help me understand <laughs> in what scenario you think a piano is falling on somebody? They're heavy. But, like, is the child pushing a piano up the stairs? What are we talking about I'm here? imagining a scenario where, like... You're literally sitting in a room with a piano. Yeah. Go ahead and take a look at it. So I'm looking at the, the legs in the front. And I'm thinking, like, in a scenario where those legs break and the kid's those under there. Those legs yeah. break? Those legs break and then the, the it falls on the kid and just crushes them. Tyler's never like, while owned While your babysitter is do swimming laps in their pool. Swimming laps. Yeah. It is kind of scary, though. The kid it almost is. It's drowns. an actual scary, another scary scene in this movie. Where I would kid think that drowns. that little girl almost drowning is again more disturbing than any part of in the army now, yeah. which had the same PG rating. They're both PG. I think this movie is more disturbing. And anyway, by the way, but Beethoven hears the screams from houses away and uh, gets. He's gets a saves. genius dog. Genius he dog. He probably had telepathy with the girl. Saves. Uh, goes and runs through the. Bounces over like several houses. Well, jumps into the pool. It's just like stepping over for a dog that big. But sure. Um. Yeah. Saves the little girl. Mm-hmm. Then takes off before anybody sees the dog doing it. Yeah. They just assume that the girl is like. See, that's another thing. Like they they're aware that like it's bad that the girl was in the pool and the mom comes and gets her and they yell at the lady and all the other stuff. I think you're operating on the assumption that your kid was able to get out of the pool. Like you shouldn't have that assumption. Like she needed help. Like bad. Like I know you still think she could have drowned, but you're even you're making the assumption that she was somehow okay on her own when she wasn't. Which means you need to get swimming lessons in that girl, like, m- even sooner than you realized before. Yeah, she almost legit drowned. She did. It's bad. Um, so, yeah, she's not... So then she's like... Then she doesn't want to um, have a babysitter and she doesn't want to go to work. Because fuck that. She wants to stay home and watch these kids. But she's letting strangers into her house. The vet guy, right? Mm-hmm. Later in the mo- in the movie when they're in real danger and they've chased villains, she just decides to leave the kids in the car and is like, Hey, if I'm not back in 15 minutes, dot, dot, dot. Mm, I'll be back. But then she doesn't actually come back, and one of the fucking kids starts driving the fucking car. I'm just saying, she's not a great parent. On that note, Tyler, and being a great parent, it's time for your tea time. Do you need some more tea, too? Oh, I do. Well, it's yeah, time for more. tea time with Tyler. Would you like a spot of tea? Mm, because I'm mm, all mm. out of hot water, and I need to fill up my tea because I'm about to fall asleep. Yeah, I could use some more tea. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Tyler Wilson. Uh huh. Name some Bonnie Hunt movies. <laughs> Bonnie Hunt movies. Uh, Jumanji. She's in Jumanji. Uh, she's in Beethoven. Beethoven's second. She's in Cars as a voice. She's in Cars two as a voice, although a smaller role. And she's in Cars three as a voice, although a smaller role. Come on. She's in. Uh, let's see, man. Bonnie Hunt. I remember her from like her TV show. She had like a TV show for a while. What else was she in? That kind of sucked the tv show no you are you ready now for your cup i remember bon- jumanji was like the big one okay tyler oh am i getting more oh different question six degrees of kevin bacon with bonnie hunt bonnie hunt was in uh cars with <laughs> uh so many people in cars you could choose from they could probably just go straight to kevin bacon is kevin bacon in cars i don't think so michael keaton's in cars though and uh, Michael Keaton was in uh, Batman with Jack Nicholson, and Jack Nicholson was in A Few Good Men with Kevin Bacon. Oh, yay! You did it! I'm so proud of you. Yeah, great. Because <laughs> you've been real bad at it before. I tried to help you this time by priming you with Bonnie Hunt Bonnie movies. Hunt movies. Well, I didn't have very many. I kind of remember her just like in Jumanji, and I remember her like on a sitcom for a little bit. 
Cause, Cause I can't remember a lot yeah, of Bonnie Hunt. What uh, kind of movies has she been in? I would love for you what to look it up. What has she done recently? I What's your guess? You don't know. It's hard to think. I'm sure she's been in she's some stuff. She's still alive, right? Yeah, Bonnie Hunt. She's still got that Bonnie Hunt haircut, probably. I don't know. Um, she was born in 1961 in Chicago. Okay. Oh, yeah, she's in that uh, Summer Catch movie uh, that the Project Greenlight folks made. Boom. Oh, okay. There's another one. Okay. That made me the summer of Chicago, because that movie is set in Chicago. That will help me remember that. While you're looking up that, we didn't... So, did we talk about Duchovny and Patricia Heaton? They're in the movie. They are, like, the venture capitalists. This she's is, in Toy Story. Oh, right. Yeah, she's in uh, Toy Story 3, right? In 4. It well, she'll be in 4. She plays uh, the one of the new toys. She was Bonnie's in Rain room. Man. Okay, yeah. Uh, Beethoven, Beethoven yep. Second. Yep. We- now and Then, which is a movie we oh, need yeah. to watch. She was one of the adults to the kids, right? Jumanji. Sure. Uh, she was in a TV series called Bonnie. Yeah, that was the one. How many seasons was that? How many episodes? Ooh, 12. Really? That's it. 1995 to 96. Oh, just a one she season. She was in there. Jerry Maguire. Okay. A Bug's Life. Yep. Return to Me. That's a mini driver movie with David Duchovny. Monsters, Inc. She's uh oh yeah she's a she voice voiced in there. Flint I don't know remember which one that was okay Ms Flint maybe okay Stolen Summer yeah that's the Project Greenlight movie Cheaper by the Dozen oh yeah two of those because oh Steve another Martin. run of Life with Bonnie oh that's the one two thousand two to two thousand four for forty four episodes okay that's the one I remember so um. Cheaper by by the way, she's in Cheaper by the Dozen. She's and Cheaper by the Dozen too. So this is Beethoven is basically that movie, right? Yeah, without a dog, <laughs> totally. Right, just lots of kids, same thing. Cars, Cars two, Cars three, a little bit. Toy Story three. What's her character name in Toy Story three? Dolly. Sally, the doll. Dolly. She's the doll. That's right. Monsters University, Mrs. Graves. Okay, yeah, she's in, she's just in, she's a Pixar staple. She, she has shows up. clearly. T- oh, yep, yeah, more of that. Sophia the first. Okay. You know what's funny about Sophie the First? Hmm. Tim Gunn is in Sophie the First. He's in at least enough episodes to let you we've noticed a couple times because our kids have watched. He's it. in a lot of the episodes. He plays one of the main characters. I'm going to say he's almost in all of them. Wow, good old Tim Gunn. Like that's so weird. That's all. She really wasn't. She really hasn't I, done that. So you give me shit, but I pretty much got it. Yeah. Stolen Summer I got later, but yeah. Uh, Cheaper by the Dozens or other big. Uh, those movies were big, kind of. I guess they're not good. Um. But no, so we the, we we had a little contest to that picture from the movie because mm-hmm. we we ta- didn't talk about the most cartoonish part, like the biggest uh, high tempo part of the movie besides the montage is when uh, we've learned that Patricia Heaton and David Duchovny are not good people. They they just want to acquire this air freshener business and they want to screw over Charles Grodin, right? The thing that he was going to kill himself, he didn't get the deal for. And Beethoven catches wind all this because he like hears him talking about the monster kids. So he's out there in the lawn, and they're sitting at a the outside table. And because he's so smart, he ties him up in the thing with his fifty-four foot leash. Well, you got to get a big leash because you got to give him a lot of space to roam around, right? It's not just a chain though. It's like the part he's wrapping them around with is clearly like a leather leash thing. Right, wraps yeah. him around. He get Duchovny throws a ball for him. He t- says he pitched in college, which I thought was kind of a funny line for Duchovny. Uh, and then, but then what's funny about the line, why it's funny is that he's like, I pitched in college, a good throw, right? But then they show a shot of the ball and it's just like lobbing, like, mm-hmm. like it's like the softest toss you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the dog goes, so like, I'm confused. So I'm, I'm, this is my question. Is Beethoven like playing the part of being like dumb dog must get ball or cause he wants to screw those people over cause he's tied them up in the, in the thing. Or is it just like an automatic trigger for him to go chase a ball? 
Is he is he being nefarious in the act, or does he know himself enough? Which is smarter? Okay, question this. He knows he should tie them up because that's funny, but then like, oh, ball, I'm going to go get it. Or is he so smart? It's three scenarios. That's the first scenario. The second scenario is... Where did David Duchovny get the ball? <laughs> I don't know where he got the ball. Did, did he bring him the ball? Oh, maybe. Oh, you're blowing my mind. Oh. But my question is, is like... Does is I is, think I just answered your question. No, but um, no, a little bit. Hold on, hold hold with me for a minute. Is Beethoven smart enough to know that he? Which is smarter, the fact that he pretends to go chase after the ball because he knows that's what will cause this incident, or is he smart in that he knows that his natural response to a ball being thrown is to react and chase after it? So therefore, he planned ahead to tie it up. Which is the likely scenario, and does it matter? Uh, just remember, Beethoven's a genius. But I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out which one is actually smarter to know that you have a Pavlovian response to something, or and to plan ahead for that Pavlovian response. Oh, he doesn't or, have a Pavlovian. So response. he's doing that on his own. He tr- planned record. all that shit from the beginning. So that's why he keeps running. He's like, oh, I don't need to go after this ball anymore. Or maybe yes. he like pretends to drop it and it rolls somewhere or yes. something like that. Okay, so that would be smarter, I guess. We're talking Beethoven, here. right? But anyway, Genius dog. The, the, they, it's like this really close-up shot of uh, Heaton and Duchovny flipping onto their backs. They they repeat everything, as you pointed out. Every moment of this action scene is shown twice from each perspective, from Duchovny's perspective close up to Patricia Heaton's perspective close up. So to the point where when they do a flip over the fence, we see it two times mm-hmm. essentially: a closer-up shot and a wide enough shot. And, uh, yeah, and then they get dragged. It's such a cartoonish, uh, moment. It's ridiculous. Um, and it reminded me of, uh, the director of this movie is like, what's his name? You could look it up for me real quick. It's like Tenant, David Tenant, maybe? That That's doesn't cute. sound right. You're pretending like I still have it open. Why don't you have it open? These are the I'm facts. I'm done with the podcast. Da- not David Tenant. It's not a, what's his name? Director. What is it? You still loading? Anyway, he is the director of a little thing called Jingle All the Way. Brian Levant. Brian Levant. Why David Tennant is like a Doctor Who guy. Uh, he, so this guy is the director of Jingle All the Way. He's the director of, you could probably tell me another one on there. Uh, these are movies that are, if you know anything about Jingle All the Way, it's like the last half hour is this huge Flintstones, cartoon. are we there yet? The, he made the Flintstones with John Goodman. Everybody in the Flintstones cast left for the sequel, Viva Las Vegas, Vegas, but they brought the director back. Like, we couldn't get John Goodman back, we couldn't get Rosie O'Donnell back, but that's okay, we'll get the same director back. Anyway, this guy is, uh... He's a big-time uh, director of some shit movies. <laughs> Although, Jingle All the Way is a bad movie classic. What do you think Roger Eber thought about this? What did Roger say? Do you have that loaded up? I sure do. Oh, great. What's your guess on, out of four stars, you think Roger Ebert... Give it two. Not even. Oh shit! Two and a half. Oh, he gave it more. That's almost a. That's almost a thumbs up. Oh my god! He didn't recommend it on the show though, because he got to give it three stars to get to recommend it um, on the show. What did he give in the army now? One and a half. But I liked his comments about it. It made oh, sense to me. It did. Okay, here's the. Here's how he wraps up this one. Okay. Um, this is not the sort of entertainment I scour the movie pages for, <laughs> hoping desperately for a new film about a cute dog. 
nor did I find anything particularly new in Beethoven, although I concede that the filmmakers secured an admirable dog for the title role, and that Charles Grodin, who is almost always amusing, has what fun can be had playing the grumpy dad. Fucking exasperated. And then the last paragraph is, I'm not a mind reader, and so it is against my policy to suggest that various groups of people might like a given movie. I will violate my rule in order to say that if I were under the age of 14 and had not already seen all of those earlier animal movies, I might well have enjoyed Beethoven more. It's the kind of clever, innocuous family entertainment that's always in short supply. Okay. And that's probably totally accurate. This is why I saw it that many times. Because um, 92, we were under oh, yeah. under we, that age. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I clearly liked this movie, like, a lot, to the point where I went and I begged, begged my mom. I don't remember seeing this one in the theater, but I begged my mom to take me to Beethoven second in the theater. And we went. And I was like, yep, Beethoven on the big screen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Well... Just to wrap things up, though, the ending is pretty messed up because <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, they do decide after so we kind of drop this, but like he goes in the backyard, the vet, and like fakes this incident mm-hmm. with uh, Beethoven. He bloodies up his fake with a fake arm. He puts fake dye in his nose and acts like he bit him, right? And he, like hits him, hits him on the face. The kids see it. The kids are seeing the little him. girl. Does. The little girl sees him hitting the dog in the face, right? The dad comes home, Bonnie Hunt's like, oh, he bit me, we gotta take care of this dog, he's vicious, he's rabid. The girl saw it. The girl, like, the, you say, like, he was hitting the dog. Like, that would be enough for the dog yeah, to bite Yeah, I'm gonna the say, person. at this point, even if my three or five-year-old was like, he was hitting our dog. Yeah, you'd be like, whoa, the fuck? I'd be like... Then that bite is justified. Yeah. You can't just be bite... First of all, you don't... You, this guy is suspiciously come to your house to, like, set up... Like, the whole thing is fishy anyway, and then he, like, suddenly got bit. No. You don't listen to that guy. You listen to your little kid. I don't care how little she is. They've not established her as a liar in the movie. She's telling the truth. Of mm-hmm. course she's telling the truth. But Charles Grodin is just like, all right, well, sorry, dog. Go the we got to go put you down. And then we try to get these scenes where it's like we're supposed to feel bad for Charles Grodin, where he's like in the car. He's like, my dad put down our dog and I hated him for it. But now I'm going to do it, too, because that seemed like the right thing to do. Like, he's like is lamenting this decision, but, like, not. Like, he's just gonna go do it. And then, like, he's there, and he's like, you're my dog, too. Like, he says that, too, like, when he's sad to, like, leave him and take the collar off right before he's supposed to, like, put him down. But again, like, really, this dog we've already established understands everything that's going on for Mm -hmm. him. And he's like, He's just like, yeah, you're my dog, too. I'm allowed to be sad. He's, like, trying to, like, take the moment away from Beethoven the dog. Who's facing his death. Facing his death. And what he's a just fucking like, asshole. He's a fucking asshole. This fucking guy. I don't... Not a, not a fan of his uh, behavior. He's a dick the whole movie. He's a dick the whole movie. He's being... I mean, and I know it's Charles Grodin. and that's his bit, and we're supposed to think it's funny, but... It's not funny. I guess it was funny annoying. as a kid, but he's just a dick. He's a dick. Was it funny as a kid? I don't know. Or was he the villain as a kid? Well, he's not the the villain, but he's a kind of a dick. But for the kids... The dad's the villain. They call him a dog killer when he gets back home, right? Oh, yeah. So. But yeah, so he leaves him and they like make a point of saying like, well, the, we're not going to put him down until tomorrow, but you know, hey, we're yeah. leaving him. That's how the kids feel about him. Dog killer. Yeah, dog killer. Because that's what he is. In this movie, the dad's the villain. Right. So then we had a couple scenarios where they assume that he's dropped him off to the dog's death. 
Like, they say, like, it's going to happen in the morning. They He finally starts decides to listen to his daughter and is just like, no, you need to go check this out. This is weird. It's like, hey, these were questions you and Bonnie Hunt should have had before you decided to drive that dog down there. What are you doing now after the fact? So then they decide to go down there. And this is, again, the whole family has gone down there, like, oh, and they confront the guy. And he's just like, oh, yeah, sorry, put the dog down, which we know is not true because he's moved moved the dog. to. We've seen him move the dog to the warehouse with the tooch and Oliver Platt. But, like, this is a moment where everybody in the family is just like, no, he's dead or whatever. But they kind of don't buy it, I guess. They're like, no, bullshit. Where's the dog? Let's go see him. Like, they kind of are pretty smart about that. But, like, we get a lot of this, like, where the family's supposed to know he's dead. So then we get to our big climax, where you would think, like, Beethoven doesn't... He's He does a little bit in this in this part, but not a lot. Wishbone comes back. He's with the group. He kind of bites, uh, I don't know, somebody. He takes care of somebody. He bites the vet in the balls. Oh, yeah. Is that Wishbone? He gets yes. him right in the balls. That's good. Yes. Oh, I thought, did Beethoven get him in the balls, too? No. No, it's just Wishbone. Yeah. Wishbone really gets him. Yeah. Good job, Wishbone. Um, I wonder where, what time period Wishbone he learned that from. Wishbone was the one who also helped him escape. Oh, right. In the beginning. That's right. That's how we got it's out of the, the truck. Yeah. Yeah, see, you're defending this movie all of a sudden. Look at that. You like that wishbone stuff. I mean, honestly, I like the dog parts. All the people parts could go away. If this dog... And you know what? I'll tell you what happened. Someone saw this movie, and they just said, you know, it'd be great if if there were no people in this movie. And then someone said, let's make Homeward Bound. I think Homeward Bound came out first. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Homeward Bound 2, Lost Are in San sure? Francisco, or whatever, came out after this movie. What year did Homeward Bound come out? I would out? say 1990 or 89 for Homeward Bound. Maybe even like 87. Oh. Oh, you think so? Yeah, what is it? I don't know. I'm having trouble finding oh, okay. it. okay. But, um... Just give me a second here. We also missed the thing. I asked you a question about Wishbone, and you just glossed right over it. I asked you what... Oh, sir, it's 1993. Homer Bound or Homer Bound 2? Homer Bound, The Incredible Journey... Is what? Is 1993. My prediction is completely accurate. Okay, good. So... Um, you know, don't discount this. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like... Uh, Someone watched this movie and said, oh, man, this group of dogs traveling around is fantastic. There's some people in that movie, though. Yeah, only, bit. like, in the beginning, and then it's like, see you later, people. When was that Milo and Otis movie out? Oh, that one was older. Okay. Maybe that's what you were thinking of. Maybe. Um, Let's watch Homer Bound. Yeah. <laughs> they have voices, though. The dogs themselves yes. have voices. They don't... Their mouths so don't So, see, move. and then someone watched that and said, you know what would be great? Beethoven 2... Well, Beethoven, or three or four or five. Two does that dog doesn't talk it again. Doesn't, okay. No. Um. No, but you glossed over my part about Wishbone. I was like, because he bit him in the in the nuts or whatever. And I asked you what what time period do you think? Because it wasn't Wishbone a time traveler, time traveling dog. <laughs> what time period do you think he learned like his battle skills? Probably is, is a real question from the Chris Chris Dong time. Chris Dong. Oh, from Outlaw King time. Chris <laughs> Dong time. Yeah. No, that's probably true. <laughs> Um, but this is the part where, um, okay, so my other favorite part is that Tooch um, gets Wishbone bit. Wishbone was 1995 to 98. So just after, to let you, know. you think it was the same dog? Yeah, and they were like, man, you know what be great is if that dog had his own TV series. Yeah, I love it. We should do episodes of Wishbone for this show. Beethoven is the the seed of many a show. Apparently. Um, so, no, this is where, this, this climax is pretty comical because, yeah, you do get a part where the villain is putting an exploding bullet gun right at Beethoven's head, and that's where Charles Grodin has scaled the building, <laughs> scaled the warehouse. Charles Grodin, remember that he was this guy with the pants that were up to his nipples in the first scene that we see him in? Real he high He scaled waters. the building. Mm-hmm. By the way, he's wearing a red jacket. Let's just keep that in mind. Because in the very next scene, he sees that the dog's about to get shot, and he's Spider-Man, breaks through 
the, sun the ceiling window. sunroof window of this mm-hmm. warehouse and comes all the way down and like jumps right on top of the villain. He's Spider-Man's that motherfucker. He's wearing a red jacket. It's Charles Grodin as Spider-Man. Where was that casting in the 90s? I'm just saying, why not? He played young in this movie, right? Quote, unquote. At age 56. <laughs> I want to see Sp- Peter Parker or Charles Grodin. Is he Grodin. still alive? Yes, he is, which is amazing. He, yeah, he How old is he now? He's old. I can't do math. <laughs> he's pretty old. He was born in like the 30s. Now he's old. Um, but he, yeah, so he drops down and then, so Bonnie Hunt has left the kids in the car to go make a call to the police station after they already called the police station once and Charles Gordon called because he's so fucking exasperated. The police were like, listen, man, calm down. We're not going to help you right now. But when Bonnie Hunt calls, apparently they will come because she's clearly more rational on the phone, but she leaves him in the car and the kids hear gunshots because the gun's gone off in there. Mm-hmm. And the nerd kid from step by step's like, oh man. You know what we should do is drive this car into the warehouse and yes. take care of this ourselves. Towards the sh- sound of so, gunfire. What parents have taught these children to like drive towards gunshots, please? Hey, you hear, you hear your gun go off? You go ahead and go towards that. Get Drive a car. You don't have a license. You don't know how to drive this car, but go ahead and just drive it through a building to see if we can like... And wh- who's to say that like you're not going to run over like your dog, other people's dogs, your Spider-Man dad? You're going to hit them with your car because you're just driving through the building. Like not a great decision. But then that's when the car comes through. the The car smashes into a cart that's loaded with a bunch of tranquilizer darts. How many tranquilizer darts do you think there are? Like twelve, fifteen of these 12 things. Twelve ish, I'm gonna guess. Yeah. They all get they get they get catapulted off this tray, and they fly through the air. We get a shot of them flying through the air, and they all go right into our vet villain's chest, and he collapses to the floor. It is insane, vicious. It's pretty, pretty gnarly. Like he's dead, right? All those tranquilizers, that many needles. That this I the mean, stab wounds. Well, okay, so you can get poked with a lot of needles, though. And if no one's pushing the tranquilizer in through the syringe, but they're coming at a pretty forceful rate. I would think like the actual impact of those needles would be pretty bad, right? Uh, apparently I not. Dead. I think he's dead. The movie tries to give these garbage while they're on the tape later, and that they all three of the tooch. Platt and him have been indicted or whatever, but that's garbage. Like, I think he's dead. And then, uh, yeah, that's the movie. Like, Platt and Tooch get chased off by the other dogs because the whole family decides that they, all the villains have been thwarted, right? Mm-hmm. So then they decide, like, you know what we should do is let all these dogs out of the cages, like, willy-nilly. Like, no, why would you just let them run loose? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. They're going to get hit by cars. The cops are driving in real hot. Like they're gonna get half of those dogs are gonna get run over by the police cars. Mm-hmm. Seems like an unsafe thing to do. Like not responsible. They're gonna go homeward bound. Don't you worry. Find find homes for them. <laughs> well, three of them. Oh man, that's where it starts. I <laughs> yes. think no, they're a family. They get adopted. You could you could tie these movies together though. Sure, why not? For sure, can. If you needed to, you could you could link them up. Would you like a little uh, Grodin trivia? Of course. He has two kids. Guess what one of his kids' names is? Beethoven. I'll give you four guesses. Beethoven. Bonnie. <laughs> Charles. I'm going to give you four guesses. <laughs> Beethoven. Wishbone. <laughs> four guesses, because we have four children. Oh. Uh, Marshall. No. Elliot. No. Sawyer. No. <laughs> he has a daughter named Marion. Oh, Which nice. is fun, who, who yeah. is a comedian. And then for a period in the 2000s, Grodin gave up show business to be a stay-at-home dad to his children. I Listen, I know we're making fun of Charles Grodin. I actually... 
I've always really liked Charles Grodin when he was on like Letterman. He'd go on Letterman a lot, mm-hmm. and he was super funny because yeah. like, he would have a thing with Letterman and he'd be grumpy. Yeah, and, like he's funny. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like Charles Grodin. I like him in other movies too, but like it's just like his part stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is like the movie I know him from. But then after giving Bonnie Hunt all that shit for staying home, then he, as a real person in real life, stayed at home to be. Yeah, a dad. look, and I have no problem with Bonnie Hunt wanting to stay home. Look, I get that, but. That's great, but like I just think that she's she's made some questionable decisions in the movie. Maybe she needs like, she needs a break. Maybe she does need to get like a couple hours of a babysitter, a quality babysitter. Tyler Wilson, we got to stop this podcast, otherwise it's going to go longer than the movie did. Hell, <laughs> that's our new thing. If we do these eighty-five minute movies. There's always a risk of it, you know. Yeah, for reals. So, is Beethoven is Beethoven good? No. <laughs> I mean. Do you want to watch it again? No. Why do we own this on DVD? Because I think we there's nostalgic feelings tied to it, but not enough to like drive it home. And it's not it's not like Three Ninjas for me because Three Ninjas is like bad in like a fun way all the way through, and it's ripping off stuff. Whereas this movie, it just kind of falls into a lull for a while. Mm-hmm. Like after that montage, we're not getting a lot. I mean, we get a couple antics and stuff like that, but you're not getting. You're not getting what you want out of this movie too much, really. I'll tell you what I will watch yeah. is that beginning puppy scene. Yeah. Over and over. Well, puppies, I mean, that's a whole different oh, thing. Oh, it's so cute. If you're making puppies in a movie. a little puppy. Everything you want out of this is in that first 10 minutes. Maybe the flip over the fence with the Coveney and Heaton. But then the, the vet stuff's just kind of disturbing, but it's, not in a fun it's way. stupid. There's not a, And like I said, the real villain of the movie is the dad. They actually could have had this movie without the vet villain. That almost feels secondary all. anyway. Like, it just almost feels tacked on all the, the secondary yes. villain stuff. We, you didn't need it in the beginning to kick the movie off. You didn't need it at the end. Or you didn't need it. I needed more of, like, this family to understand why he's so exasperated. And, like, the dynamic of the family. That's what the first scene should have been before we get the dog. The dog comes in at the same time the family does. And it's like, we're distracted by the puppy. Because he's adorable. Right. And then we get a <laughs> montage. And we're just like, okay, we're supposed to know this family. Yeah. There's this half-hearted attempt to, like, find the dog help the kids like with the bully but that's like early and it's over in two minutes Mm -hmm. the girl is into a boy at school and that's like a scene where she's pining over him and then like it's just some throwaway at the end like there's no other part of that they Mm -hmm. just dump it for this vet story so now i'm curious Mm -hmm. is beethoven's second a better movie i have no idea um it was it's (laughs) it's on the disc that we bought it's like on the DVD so cover. So stay like, tuned for my birthday episode, <laughs> Beethoven's... Th- is it the second no, one? it's called it? Beethoven's Second. And what's funny about oh, it is... Beethoven's The cover second. of the DVD is just Beethoven and Charles Grodin, and it says Beethoven. And in the little corner, there's a bubble that says, also inside, Beethoven's Second. It's like a bonus, like a bonus feature. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of curious. I... Did I see it? Did I like it? Is it better? I don't... I mean, it certainly isn't... It doesn't... Are would, there more puppies? It could be. I thought... I have this weird memory, and I could be wrong, of like there being two St. Bernards, like a female and a male, and maybe they have puppies. Well, that it's could called be a second. Thing. I'm going to guess there's a second well, Beethoven. Could, I mean, yeah, it's a second movie, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't have a strong memory of that. But then again, I didn't have a strong memory of what this movie was about until it started. Then it was flowing back very easily. So I don't know how many times. I would assume I probably didn't see Beethoven's second as much. Um, it certainly, I mean, the franchise continued, just not with uh, Hunt and uh, Charles Grodin. Oh, I'm reading the plot on Wikipedia, sir. We uh-huh. gotta watch this. Well, it's still in the player. Listen, <laughs> Flip it listen. Over. Beethoven sneaks out and meets Missy, mm-hmm. a female Saint Bernard, mm-hmm. 
whose owners are attempting to settle a divorce. Ooh. With Beethoven's help, Missy escapes. Oh, and they fall in love. Oh. They're puppies. Oh, I can't tell you. You have to watch the movie to find out. Because if you don't, like, spade or neuter, if, like, Charles Grodin, that's the first thing he did when he had a giant 200-pound dog, is you probably, sp- you get that dog neutered, right? Like, you don't mess around. Like, you already hate this dog, basically, right? You s- he claims to hate it. Is there puppies? Tell me there's puppies. Do, Co- do Duchovny and Patricia Heaton come back? Well, they discover that Beethoven and Missy had four puppies in the basement of the building. At the same time, the janitor of the building... Gus also finds them and informs the terrible lady. She reclaims Missy and plans to get rid of the puppies, even if it means killing them. Why are people wanting to murder puppies? Because Hunter One Dalmatians, Cruella de Vil. Everybody wants to make oh, that coat. Oh, but the janitor points out that those St. Bernards are worth a lot of money and suggests that she sell them. Oh, that sounds like a great movie. It sounds like Charles Grodin's not in the thing. <laughs> like he's Like, he's there for the beginning. He's like, hey, guys. And then he's out. That's what it sounds like to me, but um, maybe not. I don't know. I was you. We flirted with watching it and then doing both on this episode, but then our podcast would be like two hours long because we'd have to talk about uh, Beethoven second. Oh, I know. So also, I think after watching this movie, I was like, "Fuck no, I'm not watching." We can barely one. finish this. No, you know. In conclusion, I think that like it's a fine kids movie. I don't like. I I don't. I'm not actively against it, but I have no nostalgic feelings for it, and it's not like a good enough movie to be like, yeah, watch it. Would you turn it on for the kids? Yeah. Well, if it was on Netflix and you didn't have to be in the room, would you turn it on for the kids? I don't know if I like the whole like shooting the dog in the head stuff. That's a little bit disturbing for our kid. I mean, every kid's different. To me, that would be like a, a thing that a couple of our kids would be like, Ooh, not not respond well to. Mm-hmm. I think agreed. Also, our kids don't like dogs. Well, <laughs> they don't really because they don't have. I know we don't. We haven't had We've a dog. Ruined them. Well, we, we 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 used to love dogs. We had dogs. It's just that we just haven't had them since we've had kids, and now it's like we can't have a dog on top of having four kids. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I'd be fucking Charles Grodin all over this bitch. Just be like, I'm fucking exasperated. I think that's cute that you think you're not like that already. Oh, I, I, no, I already am. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't need another dog. You'd be like, Are you Charles Grodin in real life? I mean. Uh-oh. In a lot of ways. I think we need to spend some time talking about this a little bit offline. Tomorrow, when you, when you get home from work tomorrow, I'm going to be wearing some slacks oh my God, all the way up do. to my my chest Oh, area. my God. Please do. I don't have a plaid shirt, I don't think, but Tyler, I Tyler, I don't think one. you could find pants like that unless maybe you went to, like, Goodwill. I don't know. And maybe not even then. If I just got some longer pants, I could probably pull it off. No, I mean, no, I don't think so. <laughs> There's a certain cut where it's, like, designed to go that high. It's, like, more than pleated. You know, like, pleated sometimes No, I mean, out. the crotch to the top of the waist was, like, <laughs> was like a good 15 inches. It's like he had, like, a... Well, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> we already had enough Chris Dong, so that's enough, Tyler. It was, like, it was a, an extra bulge that probably shouldn't he have been there. He probably stuffed it in there. Yeah, it's something. Why would... I? It seemed like... That's exactly right. It seemed like they put some more... Like, a padding. pillow under, like, a, a pillow padding. on his pants, and a pillow under is, like, to make him look more, like, frumpy than usual. Because yeah. even later in the movie, he doesn't look that frumpy. No, that was weird. And when he's dropping off, like, Spider-Man, he looks kind of even borderline fit. But that puppy in the beginning... You like that puppy. Oh, my God. He went on and on and on. Everything that dog did is like, oh, I could go Oh, the my puppy. God. I just thinking about it. I just want a puppy right now. Yeah, but then they always grow up into, you know, bigger yeah. dogs. What? Oh, because you you like puppies, but then you don't like dogs that are that small as adults because they're just yippy and little. No, I don't want a little dog. No, 
I like little babies, puppies, little baby little doggies. Babies, but they, they're peeing everywhere too. I don't like that. No, but they're so cute. Mm-hmm. You know what? I would not recommend this movie. Okay. I would not recommend going back and watching it to enjoy as an old millennial. Just remember it positively now. I don't think you're going to get or, much out of it watching it again. Or if you don't remember it positively now, correct. That's the correct memory. You might just be grossed out by it. It's just stupid. We had a debate about this of like, do you think that this movie led to people wanting St. Bernard's more or wanting them less? Because there are some things about it, obviously, that the, the drool, the hair and everything. Mm-hmm. But he's also the hero of the movie and he's like fun and mm-hmm. great. So do you think there was like a, an uptick in St. Bernard's or you know a downtick? What? I'm going to go ahead and dig into the data on that uh-huh. and I'll be sure to post it on the show notes. So uh, go check out oldmillennialsremember.com mm-hmm. and this episode 22 I'm glad that you, I'm glad and that dig you, into the show notes. Sorry. I, I'm glad that you're going to put on the show notes and not just save that answer for whenever we do Beethoven second because that could be seven years from now. Or on Friday. <laughs> Maybe. That's how you want to spend your birthday, you know. It's my 35th I'm gonna, birthday. I'm not going to begrudge you. My 35th birthday. I think you need to come up with a good birthday movie for me to watch for my birthday. Like The Labyrinth or something. Homeward Bound 2. Homeward Bound. Is it called Lost in San Francisco or something in San Francisco? Oh my God. I've already closed the computer. Don't, don't ask me any questions. Don't remember. Okay, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening to us. We'd really appreciate it if you would hop on over to one of the social medias and like or follow or subscribe to our podcast, especially. Um, and give us a positive review if you can. And send us a note and let us know what you would like to hear about next. Um, and we will give you a shout out at some point if you do something and we see it. And coming, we'll, we'll tease it a little bit. We got a little bit something special coming up. Maybe not next episode, but within the next two episodes, a little special bonus thing for giving thanks. We'll just say that. A little tease. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, my God. Do you think this is your idea now? You're like, what are you talking mm. about? Oh, well, what it sounded like was like you're going to have like a free giveaway. No. Oh. Why would think... we give anything away? With this, No one listens to oh, this. Oh, I think we should have a free giveaway. So be sure to stay tuned to our Thanksgiving episodes. It's going to be a copy of Beethoven <laughs> on DVD. Be of... Also featuring Beethoven Tyler, second. don't fucking spoil it. <laughs> now. It's a copy of... <laughs> All the movies that, that Angela wants to get rid of. <laughs> There's a few of them. <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you another movie.